He brings the passion. For what? I want to know now. I'm, I'm mentally invested. Don't tell me to pray and you don't say what for. He brings the perspective. Yeah, I I they both have a great point. Get off me, text line. Uh, he's truly one of a kind. That is wow. Oh, my God. And he's doing a great job. I okay. need you to man up and say what you really want to say. Simon, you're doing a great job. They're Steiny and Guru yeah. on 95.7 The Game. Oh, yeah. What a game last night at Chase Center. Invigorating. Tell you what, if I'm a Golden State Warrior fan, I'm reinvigorated by that game last night. Come back from 17 down, beat the Celtics, get help from a lot of people. To check all the box win. Three in a row. I like it. I like it. You seem like a brand new man this morning, Steiny. Well, I don't know if it's just the haircut or or what. But. No, this is this is one of those things that that it's bigger than the Warriors. It's about basketball. And that it? that game last night gave me basketball enjoyment. And it did so for a number of reasons. Because I'm watching that game last night, and I'm thinking, can they come back? Oh, look at Dale Davis's kid. <laughs> hey, look at look at Clay knocking down shots, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not thinking, well, I don't think they can win a title, though. Can they win? Who cares? Who cares? They're 13 and 14. They've won three in a row. You can see a positivity over the last three games that that wasn't there before. You won 44 games last year. Can you win 50? I don't know. Maybe a little high. Can you win 45? Yeah, maybe. How about 47, 48? Who knows? Can you get to the fifth seed? Can you get higher than that? Who are you going to play if you get the fifth seed? You got a good matchup with the fourth seed? Knock them off. Like, that's what last night did for me. It, it gave me a much better perspective of the future. Is this a championship team? No, not right now. No, it's not. We know that. Could they get there? Well, last night was a pretty good starting point. Yeah, and I think your point is that's not the point. Like, last night... Uh, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, they're a game below 500. What they're a game out of the 10th seed. But last night was, and it's funny. We were talking about on the show yesterday how you know if you're a real if you're a real Warriors fan and you've been through the highs and the lows, like you've seen it all. And that's kind of how I felt watching the game last night. Like I didn't think about four championships or a fifth. I didn't think about even Draymond Green last night. I thought about what I was watching, which was. A great basketball game between two teams that are familiar with each other, that have you know, had different storylines coming in, and the Warriors, and I know we'll dig into this 17 different ways because we can, and that's another beautiful part about this game, but it's like, at this point of the season, that's a kind of win along with what they did over the weekend that opens doors to possibilities of what this season could be. And to me, it was a stabilizing victory. It was the most significant one of the season, no doubt. And 
it brought some balance to a place in their year that was becoming pretty rickety, that was becoming very fragile. And for them to to lose Draymond to suspension, and then, you know, you, you, you blow double-digit leads left and right, like, that was the first night they came from behind in a game. They were down 17 with about five left in the third quarter. And for Curry to do what he did, I mean, just put another highlight in his, his Hall of Fame resume. I mean, last night was about the experience. And to be there in front of the Chase Center crowd was incredibly cool. And it just feels like there was a lot of juice that was injected into that building last night. And that's why people go to the games. That's why people watch the Warriors, because you could see something special every single night. And last night, they gave it to us. I mean, to me, last night was a game where, why did it mean something? Well, it meant something from an opponent's standpoint. No doubt about it. You are playing the best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, It was important because of the way it happened with some unexpected contributors and with Clay getting back on track a little bit more. Um, you know, obviously Jackson Davis helping out a, a big deal. So the way it happened last year or last night was big. Just the di- dialogue around the team. I mean, I hate I hate to say it, but one of the best things about that game last night was, you know, it 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 puts Draymond Green more into the back burner. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell me that the Warriors weren't playing fun last night or trying to have fun. I know they were down 17 and it's all easy when you... or not easy, but it looks different as you're coming back. But I just felt like last night I saw a team you can work with and now it's a matter of how do we try to get better. Because I feel like up until that, and I'm not saying, and I don't believe a big in big NBA turning points, but I, I don't think we really knew what this team could be before this. All right, now, I'm not saying they're a title team, but this was a good game last night, especially offensively. And now you try to figure out how you fine tune it. You get the you get the minutes maybe more consistent because clearly what's happening right now is Looney is being we talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. The transition's happening. There is one. It's just happening more slowly than some people would like. But in a way, though, Steiny, it's like, okay, so they're 27 games in now to an 82-game year. If you told me that last night was kind of the, the best example of a transition happening in time that results in a win against a quality opponent, that's not that long into the season. Like... So I, I know people wanted this or they, they thought it could happen earlier. But in a way, and maybe it's because of Draymond's absence, I also think GP2's absence plays a role in this as well. There's minutes that are open and up for grabs. And to the credit of the younger players, which is why I think the transition is happening now, it's being expedited, is because for the most part, every time that Kerr has either been forced to or gone to a younger guy those players have made the most of their opportunity, and they've been ready for the moment. Right. Whether it's taken three years for Jonathan Kaminga to get to this point, it doesn't really matter now. Like He looks like a player that can be in the starting lineup and can clearly help you against a 20-win basketball team. Brandon Pachemski, though he got hurt last night, you know, probably a little bit 
bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at the beginning of the game, but then settled in before he had to leave. And, of course, Trace Jackson Davis, who for the second consecutive game gave you big minutes off the bench and provided something that the Warriors have not had this season, which is a rim protector, a guy that can get up and down the floor as a big, and someone that also is able to at least provide some sort of threat as a rim runner and a pick-and-roll partner for either Curry or Chris Paul. And they haven't had that big... Like I mean, Looney is, is a guy that can certainly do some things, but TJD provides a different... Level of athleticism. Ex- exactly. Absolutely. Uh, last night, the Golden State Warriors finished with Curry, Clay, Chris Paul, Kaminga, and Jackson Davis. So... Right there, that goes to show you that Wiggins is no longer an automatic. Uh, Looney is no longer automatic, though he never was, but he could be in some finishing lineups um, under different circumstances. So there it is. I mean, who else do you want to play and take out? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'd rather, I want Moody in there. Well, then you got to take Clay out last night. You're not doing that. Or you got to take Paul out. Right. Like, no, I mean, the closing lineup last night was the correct choice, and clearly because they won the game. But they played like we haven't. And honestly, I mean, I know there was a stretch at the beginning of the season in which they played well. They were five and one, six and two, and and that's one thing that I was thinking about last night is the performance last night to me does in a way confirm what I've been feeling, but I hadn't been seeing, which was. I do think that this Warriors team, I don't know if they're a championship team or they're title contender, but to me, even during the 4-12 and stretch over the 16 games, I felt like they were closer to being the team from the 5-1 and start than during that terrible stretch. They're probably somewhere in the middle, but as of late, I think being able to get wins that were important against teams that they had to this weekend brought them into this game against a Boston team that's down one of their best players also. Porzingis was out. And they had a chance on a national stage to prove that they are not the team that everyone is going to write off and the dynasty is over. No, like, let's give these guys some more time. And we talked about it yesterday, Stein, the fact that these next three weeks are huge. And that, I think, is a great jumping-off point to what, ideally, the next 10 to 15 games can be. Yeah, 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings in for Daryl, the Guru Johnson, today. Guru will be back. uh, He'll be back next week, a week between Christmas and New Year's. But I'm just telling you, last night's game, if I'm a Warrior fan, has me feeling... A certain type of way, as Daryl the Guru Johnson would say. Uh, you got the perfect mix of the young guys and the old guys, and let's not. For, and here's the other thing. Okay, so we're 15 minutes into the show, and we haven't even talked about. Oh, Steph Curry had a pretty big shot last night. He did. He and, had a lot of big shots last night. You know the thing that, and I've said this. Dozens and dozens of times over the last five years. But Steph Curry, I have never watched basketball and shaken my head more after a player makes a play. Where he just, I mean, you just can't do anything. You just just can't do anything. You defend it, you make it 
You make him shoot at a split second early. You make him pump fake one extra time. You make him hesitate just a hair. Doesn't matter sometimes. Pretty incredible. And, and, we got, and, and we got an, and that's why, that's the other reason Evan and I was thinking, yeah, it would be great to win a fifth title. But the reality is, if the Warriors never win another title again after this, we still have Curry's 50-point game yeah. against Sacramento in the postseason. And we have nights like last night. And he's continuing to do it at age 35. Like, this is his 15th year in the league, and he doesn't look like he's skipped a beat. It's it's really it's incredible. Like, that shot he took last night... Even though he shot it into orbit and it came back down, was there any part of you that felt like that wasn't going in? No. Like, he he got that ball off with, I think, two or three seconds left. A fantastic tip out by TJD. Kaminga also got in for the offensive rebound. And then Paul, I, I thought Chris Paul was going to take that shot just because I think he got it with, like, five seconds left with his back to the basket. And he turns and immediately looks for Curry and just whips a pass into the pocket, and it's like the ball's not even in his hands. It's in the pocket, and it's up, and it's up, and it's up, and then it falls down, and it touches nothing but nylon, and the entire place just exploded. And he, <laughs> it might have been a premature night-night, but he gives the Celtics the night-night yet again, and it's like, this guy's the best show that I've ever seen. Like, you go to a concert, you see great performers, you go to the movies, you see incredible acting. Stephen Curry's the best live performer I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, I... I Here's one thing I thought is uh, easy on the premature... I mean, put him up four with ten <laughs> seconds left. I mean, this isn't the... This isn't the... Uh, Mac conference. I mean, you know, one Jason Tatum three, and all of a sudden it's a one point game again with seven. And unfortunately, Steph, you still got a chance to turn it over in the backcourt. Well, it might have been you a never three, know. But I can you tell never you, know. Tatum wasn't hitting that three. I mean, losing a four point lead in ten seconds isn't the most crazy thing that can happen in the NBA. So, or to the Warriors. True. True. Uh, but last night was a, uh, a great game at Chase Center, and the Warriors win it 132-126. Uh, a lot, a lot of real good stuff for the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr singling out. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Curry phenomenal. Clay now. Mm-hmm. Clay now. Three solid games in a row. But to me, more important than that is three solid games in a row that they've won. Like that's what matters. Yeah, I mean, and and even going back to the game against the Clippers, you know, he was eight of twelve from three. I think that kind of got like since Clay Thompson got benched in the fourth quarter against Phoenix, he's shooting fifty percent from three, and it's been a consistent fifty percent. Like it's not as if one game he's taken eighteen threes and the next game he's taken four. No, 12, 9, 10. Last night he took 15. But the types of shots that he's taking, too, I think are also really important. Like, there was a couple of... like He's always going to take a couple heat checks, especially if he hits them. But the 6 for 15 last night didn't feel like it killed you because they weren't all of... Like, they weren't those kind of live ball turnovers that are basically shots. Like... Just terrible looks, long rebounds, leakouts, easy baskets on the other side. There weren't as many of those as we've seen early in the year. And I also think Klay Thompson showed 
in overtime that he's not afraid to to be a playmaker when he's like this is part of Clay Thompson's game that I I think he's always kind of had but has maybe been more he's needed to use it more is when he's shooting well he automatically demands attention and that means that he can set up others he set up Trace Jackson Davis in overtime after a pump fake on a three, I thought he was going to take a long two. Dumps it off to TJD for an easy basket. Like those are plays that Clay Thompson can make and has made in the past prior to his injuries and even after. But we're seeing it more consistently now. And not only the 50% shooting, but also the last four games, you know, you're looking at 13 assists from Clay Thompson. You're looking at two turnovers the last four games from Clay Thompson. So I know that it's taken him a long time to get here. Like you were talking about, it's taken maybe longer than people would like for Steve Kerr to use a, a more pieces of his rotation. Right. It's taken longer for Clay Thompson this year than even last year. But that, that's why I, that's why I couldn't give up on him. And why I never felt like he was in question of going to the bench. We're essentially a third of the way now through the season. 27 games. 27 plus 27 plus 27. That equals... 81, and the NBA season's 82. Mm-hmm. So we're about a third of the way through the season. I like measuring points. So I'm looking at the uh, YouTube chat, and I maybe I just caught one stray, a random, but it said, who's guarding Jokic in the postseason? <laughs> and now we got Ray in Watsonville, and it says, Ray may think the Warriors are going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Uh-oh. I guess this is what I'm talking about. I'll take you, Ray, because I love you. I love you. But I think we need, we need to start just leaving that alone for a while. Go ahead, Ray. Ray, did I talk you out of it already? Ah, oh, you shut him down. No, call back, Ray. Yeah, well, 888-957-9570 is the number. The point kind of still stands. It's not the time to worry about Jokic. It's not the time well, to worry about... Not until Christmas. True. It's not the time to worry about who we can beat or who we can't beat in the playoffs. I, it might. It's probably not even the time to say, do we want to make a move right now? We talked about that yesterday. No, not right now. Soonest we're going to talk about making a move is in 10 games, 10, 12 games. But that, even that's the soonest. That's the very soonest. We're talking about last night. Like, that's... That's the, that's the that's the kind of game though. Tell me more. That all you want to do when all right. So if if I wasn't working here, Jim Belushi. I don't know to be quite honest. If I'm going into corporate building, if I'm going to my construction job, if I was back working in, in an Amazon warehouse doing graveyard shifts, that's the kind of game that I walk into work the next day and say, "Dude, did you see the game last night?" Like we were talking to our, right. one of our coworkers at KCBS over here who is going home to watch the second half of the game because he heard about what happened. Right. He had right. a chance to to watch the first half, saw Pajemski go down and then had to turn off because he had to come in early and work. And now he's going back right. to watch the rest of the game. That's the kind of game that it was. And it doesn't it doesn't mean the Warriors are are all of a sudden a championship worthy. It doesn't mean all of it like again, they still got to beat Washington on Friday. Right. They still got to beat Portland on Saturday. That gives you a chance to go above 500 for the first time since earlier in the year. That's all in front of them. But the game last night was something to behold because I think of what we talked about yesterday, which is a look at a transitionary period for this team and in this season in which we're seeing Guys that are 25 and younger, and guys that, I guess if you include Looney, are 27 and older, 
playing together in a in a fashion that is conducive to winning. And that hasn't always been the case. 888-957-9570 is the number. I've been thinking about it in the last last week or so before this little streak. I mean, there was not a lot of good stuff to talk about with the Golden State Warriors. They were losing. They'd lost They'd lost 12 of 16. Draymond had been suspended. And now they put three straight wins together. And I even remember uh, me coming in uh, Monday saying, hey, they did what they had to do. They beat, they beat two teams. And the nature of the NBA is somebody can say, well, they only won two games. But you could say it's the start of something. And then when you beat the Celtics, now all of a sudden it's three games. You're one game under 500, and you got the Wizards coming in on Friday. 500 is somewhere you want to be at this point. Then can you get a few games over 500? I just don't... Especially when you're four games below 500. Yeah, I just, I'm just i not thinking about title right now. I'm not thinking about matchups. I'm not thinking about Jokic. Uh, I want to thank the 707, though, here on the Comcast Business Text Line. Because uh, it'll help me explain something. Uh, officially and unofficially. Mm -hmm. Dang, Steiny, you still won't say Steph hit a game winner. That's sad. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a game winner last night. It's a dagger. Last night, I think, is officially a dagger. When you're up one and you seal it. Like, whoever made the shot before Steph, I think, gets the game winner. Or, right? Whoever scored the 127th point for uh, for the Warriors. Oh, because Curry's put them up by four. Yeah, like it exactly. wasn't for the lead. Yeah, it's like you can get a game. I don't know if they still do. Uh, it. I don't think they. Well, I don't think they trailed in overtime. So technically, Kaminga's, oh, I forgot about uh, overtime. Kaminga, My bad. Kaminga's, My bad. Well, the, the the shot was in OT, but the uh, okay. like the the Kaminga pick six at the top of the key, like that sure. technically is the game winner. It could have been. Yeah. Put them up. Right. Exactly. But do they still do it in baseball? Where if you beat a team ten to, let's say you beat a team ten to one. And you're the home team that won. You gave up a run in the top of the first. Yeah. And then you have a guy, the set, your number two hitter hits a two-run homer. You go on to win at 11-1, 10-1. Does your number two hitter get a game-winning RBI? No. Well, it, not. I think it used to be where you did get a game-winning RBI for that kind of stuff. Believe but it or not. if you give up, well, I was going to say, that, I mean, just wins and losses. Sure. Like, but if, if you're the pitcher that gave up, that uh, that two run home run, you get tagged with the L. No, that is true. That is true. Uh, from the four one five on the Comcast Business Text Line, uh, Steph hit a dagger, but let's be honest, he didn't play great for the most part. Let's give Clay more credit. You know, that's uh, generally I was thinking about that too, and that's the other great thing that happens when you win. You 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 talk less, and it means less that certain guys maybe didn't play great. It's just the way it goes. To me, the most important part of last night is that Clay's been playing well, and now he's been playing well and wins. I don't. It doesn't matter as much if you play well and you don't win. And similarly, just the way it goes. Yeah. Okay, Wiggins. I thought Wiggins was active. Couldn't make a shot, but I probably won't talk a lot about Wiggins today, and rightfully so. I mean, he didn't. He didn't kill him. Yeah. And. He just didn't make shots. Five offensive rebounds, though, Steiny. Four on one play. <laughs> what he ended up with like seven and seven. He could have had two and two and and uh, two and two. Eight 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 nine five seven 
9570 is the number. Steiny in with Evan Giddings. Warriors. Um, I, they back? Is it, is it too early to say a little turn? I, I don't. They back? Not. No, they're not back. But you know what they did last night a little bit? They turned back the clock. They did something last night that they hadn't done this year. We'll talk about that uh, on the other side. Don't forget, it's a Warriors Wednesday. Brought to you by Freedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit freedmansappliance.com today. Also, that segment brought to you by Consumer Cellular. Freedom Calls, 888-957-9570. By the way, a little news on Brandon Pajemski on the other side on 95.7 The Game. Curry splits traffic, down the lane, spins on Horford, throws it up, wild, no good. And the loose ball deflected to Paul with three on the shot clock. Over to Curry, catching sheet three. Got it from the right sideline. 10.6 to go. Warriors lead 131-26. How did he do that? Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All right, Tim Roy on the call last night. Evan Giddings in for Daryl the Guru Johnson. The only thing missing there was a curry. It wasn't bad. That was one of my better ones. A relocation sensation. It was also a very high trajectory shot. Felt like a touch higher than normal. It almost left the screen. Like, I wasn't watching on TV, but you go back and see the highlight, and it almost clips, like, the top of the camera. It's like, I, the only other guy I feel like that used to make consistently high-arcing shots that, like, that high would be, like, like, Dirk Nowitzki. Like, Dirk used to just, like, throw it into the, the, the stratosphere, and it would just drop right in. And Curry's, man, last night, that might have been the highest-arcing shot I've seen him take. I think if you go back in Warrior history... Warrior fans would tell you Lloyd B. Free, later World B. Free, had a very high-arcing jumper, and I believe they would also say Terry Teagle. Terry Teagle with a very high-arcing jumper, if I'm not mistaken. John's got Jokic. That's that's true. Really? Kind of throws that thing up there. Sure, sure. Uh, by the way, Howard Beck of The Ringer joining us at 1 o'clock. Howard, longtime NBA writer, worked for the New York Times, and is one of the most knowledgeable guys in the business. He's joining us at 1 o'clock, and for a very good reason. He just wrote on the Golden State Warriors and the end of a dynasty. And it wasn't necessarily specifically about the Warriors' end of the dynasty, because he didn't really say it was officially over. He said they all do end, but they'll end unpredictably. So uh, He also said it's not because of one person whenever they do happen. Yes. And we know who that one person is, but Corey Joseph. We we don't have to uh we don't have to get into that. Hey, uh by the way, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to play off something you said at uh Purvis Short. That's my bad 415. Purvis Short. Purvis Short high arcing jumper. More so than Teagle. More so more so than Teagle. Uh okay. So, all right. I, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the stray from for you on this one. Huh? I'll tell you what, we're 27 games into this season, and Steve Kerr, all you people out there, oh he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He doesn't. I'm looking at a team last night that played its best game of the year, and I see Moses Moody playing 17 minutes. I see Trace Jackson Davis playing 29 minutes. 
Pajemski's been playing, although not last night. Look at Jonathan Kaminga, our starting power forward, playing 34 minutes a night. Couldn't you make a case? This guy's handled the young players perfectly. Because when they've played, they've been terrific. Steve Kerr could say, yeah, 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 that's right. They've been terrific, Steiny, because I haven't given them as much as everybody wanted to give them right off the bat. We're only a third of the way through the season. There was a reason I didn't do this seven games into the year. So, for anybody out there that's saying, oh, about time, I think Steve Kerr would say, about time? What do you mean about time? We're only a third of the way through the year. Exactly. If it's been 30% of the season, and you're to the point where now all of your young players can help you in basketball games, I don't think that's a long amount of time. So, I don't think Steve Kerr's been perfect this year. And I think he would also admit, and you can catch him at 5 o'clock with Willard and Dibbs later today, I don't think that he would say that he's been perfect this year. But when I'm watching last night and I've been watching every game this season, I, I have a hard time believing that Steve Kerr's done as bad of a job as it appears he does on, like, on social media. Like, the fans calling for this and calling for that. This guy needs to play more. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Um, I think Steve Kerr's done a pretty good job this year of integrating the young guys, infusing them, and then when they force his hand, empowering them. Like, yes, Steve Kerr has had certain guys out of the rotation, and I don't really know why. But when they've stepped up, they haven't fallen out of the rotation since. Brandon Pachemski's been in the starting line the last four games. J.K.'s been in the starting lineup the last four games. Moses Moody's receiving 15 to 20 minutes a game. Trace Jackson Davis, now after his performance against Portland, gets a career-high 29 minutes. He's a plus 25. He will continue to play. I understand it's taken longer than a lot of people want, but you're now in a position to where you can finally fuse the veterans with the younger players. And to me, that's a great place to be if you're 33% of the way through the year. And I do think we got to give Steve Kerr some credit for that. Uh, this is from JJ in San Jose. He's paying $4.99 for this, uh, for this text on the YouTube chat. Uh, God love him. Uh, the Warriors did what they did last night. They ha- uh, The Warriors did what they did last night. They need to stick to it. Steve Kerr and Steinmetz. Play the youngsters. And Guru had TJD. Sorry, Steiny. Okay. Uh, Well, he had him last night. Last night he was very good. He was very good. But this is what I always mean. If you take a step back, like just. So the Golden State Warriors right now are playing two rookies. They're playing two rookies, okay, who are. Aren't even high draft picks. The 19th overall and the 57th overall pick. Exactly. So your 19th pick's playing, and your second round pick is beginning to play. Then you got this guy, Jonathan Kaminga, who's in his third year, never played any college, still only 21 years old, and everybody's, there's always been an undertone about him, about, oh, he's just not coming along quick enough, quick enough, quick enough. Well, then you stop and think about it. This is third year, right? Yep. Not four, third. Third year. Third year. And I'm looking at him last night, and I'm starting to say, you know what? 
Starting to starting to feel like he feels like he belongs here. Kaminga is starting to feel more comfortable. That's what and oh my gosh. But Stein, that took so long. Yeah. Took so long. Took two years for a 19-year-old who's not even from this country to be comfortable by the time he's 21. Like that's not an eternity. In fact, you could argue that it's he's on a he's right now on a real good pace. So that's all I'm getting at right now is they are playing the young guys. It, it Looney is, you know, Looney's going to have to start re-earning his minutes. Wiggins is obviously going to have to start re-earning his minutes. This is, go, this is all great as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, look, Trace Jackson Davis played 126 games in college. He is... When he's been given his opportunity, like he's, I think he's comported himself as a professional in the majority of the season. But it doesn't Trace mean. Trace Jackson Davis? Yes. Oh, yeah. But like, okay, so he was awesome against Portland. He was awesome last night. He was a big reason why they beat the Celtics. He also didn't play well three games ago against, sure. against the Clippers. Like that's, but that's going to happen. So I, I, I guess I'm just curious why people think that. This season is like to to me. It's it's kind of what we talked about with the results, right? Like when you win, you kind of gloss over the fact that Andrew Wiggins was two of eleven. You gloss over the fact that Dario Saric was unplayable in the second half. Uh, you gloss over a lot of things, sure, because of all the good. But when they were losing, well, this guy's bad. This guy needs to be benched. This guy can't do this. Why aren't we giving the like? I understand there is more unknown on this roster with those those two rookies, and even Kaminga and Moody to some extent, but we're here. We're at the point now in which all of those guys are helping the Warriors win. And I maybe maybe I'm, I'm a little too trustworthy in, in coaches, but I think that that is a... Like, I think that that, that shows that they're doing a good job. I don't, I don't know. I mean, if, well, if you feel like I'm wrong, then I'll hear you. No, I'm... I'm thinking uh, here's a text from the 415. Steiny Kerr's only given the young players minutes because the old guard has failed uh, has failed the team miserably this year. It's taken a complete meltdown to allow the young players to get time. And that's where I would fight you. Not literally, but that's where I think we missed the big picture. We're a third of the way through the season, and two rookies are starting. One guy's in, one rookie's in the rotation, and one rookie is knocking on the door to to a rotation that people believe may be a playoff team. And who knows? Like, I I don't think that's a long pe- long period of time. I just don't. Well, and look, and, and especially, and here's the other thing that here's the other part that I don't. I think that it's not hypocritical, but it's incongruous. We love to talk about the champions. We love to talk about Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and 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 Looney and Draymond champions. Wiggins a champion, but then we're saying Steve Kerr needs to have less patience with them. It's like you can't don't like don't you get it? That's why he's going to err on the side of sticking with veterans long, longer rather than a shorter period of time. 
So you, you can't... You, these two things are incompatible, that you fully respect the champions on this team, but you want the young guys to play all the time and early and often and at the first sign of trouble. Like, that's... Those two things are incompatible to me. Yeah, I don't think it's realistic to believe that everyone deserves the same amount of rope. Like, I'm sorry, there's a hierarchy on on every sports team. Uh, When I was in college, I was untrustworthy because I would walk a lot of guys. So my head coach couldn't use me in high-leverage situations. Like, that's just how it went. Or, you know, I, I was good against certain players, so he could use me there. Like... And I, while I was sometimes frustrated that it looked like one guy was getting more run over me or this guy was allowed to fail more than I was, that's because they were more trustworthy for whatever reason to the coach. And I, I think it's like that that's a dynamic that happens on every single team. And I also don't think it's I know he hasn't played very well, but I do think it's indicative of of growth from Steve Kerr. Like he has benched champions. Kevon Looney's got three rings. He didn't play down the stretch of the game last night because he was bad. He didn't play well last night. And he hasn't been playing well for the majority of this season. Andrew Wiggins was benched. He was your second best player on a team that won the championship. I don't think those things get enough credit. Like, those are difficult decisions to make. And I think a lot of people are just kind of glossing over because, oh, well, he's been bad. you got to bench him. Like, that's not how it works in professional sports. So I think that, again, a third of the way through the season for these things to have happened, like, that is significant. And I know people are also worried about, okay, well, what happens when Draymond comes back? What happens when GP2 comes back? And I'll hear that. But we'll get there when we get there. And if Steve Kerr reverts back to his old ways, well, then there'll be reason to criticize him. But I also think that these young guys have pushed this team and this coaching staff so much that I don't think Steve Kerr can or will just go back to his old ways of blindly trusting the core that won the, the title two years ago. I, I don't know if he will or he won't, but I think the key word there is blindly. No, I don't think he'll blindly go back to him, but I think consistently and throughout the course of the season, they'll always get a crack at it if they're playing well to be part of the crunch time lineup. Like that is the one thing that's an advantage about being a starter and being a veteran is if you are playing well, Wiggins is going to play down the stretch. Uh, assuming assuming you know he's not buried by that point, but I don't think that's the case. 888-957-9570 is the number Warriors 132. Celtics 126 in OT. Let's go to uh let's go to Nick in Ohio. He wants to talk about uh Trace Jackson Davis, who's not gonna be Dale Davis's just his kid anymore. He's Trace Jr. Yeah, what's going on? That's right. That'd be an easy way to refer to him, as Clay said. What's up, Nick? How you doing, buddy? Hey, the joy is back. For now. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Wonder why. Uh hey, uh, I, I, you know, I was going to, I was going to not trash Steve Kerr, but I was going to be critical about, you know, the rotation thing. Uh, why is he behind the curve? You know, why can't he jump out there with the rest of us, with these young guys? Okay. But uh, you made me think about it. Uh, maybe, maybe he is being more methodical and it's still early in the season, fairly early. So anyway, but as far as 
Uh, Jackson Davis, uh, I see no reason why he shouldn't start the next game or start the next several games because, uh, I mean, if he can play like that against Boston as a rookie, then there's no fear in this guy. I think he's just going to contribute so much, and they finally got somebody who can uh, protect the rim. Uh, So I just wonder what you guys think about that. Yeah, I mean, he was terrific last night. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate the call. I mean, he was. Um, I don't think... See, for for a guy to me who's a second-round pick, and he played four years of college... um, his maturity means that you don't have to and it, his maturity means that you don't have to make a decision right away after he plays one or two good games you know what i mean and and steve kerr may have a reason he wants to play him at certain times and not as a starter i don't know and but i think what it what what's more likely nick is that we're a third of the way through the season and Kerr is saying, you know what? This guy's done a lot in practice. I put him in there, and three out of four times he gets uh, he, he gives us some positivity. So I'm going to give him the next step, which is I'm going to let him know that he's probably going to get into every game right now for a stretch of the foreseeable future, which you know may only be six games, but I, that's essentially what I heard from uh, uh, Steve at the podium last night. Yeah, and he said that after the game, too. I mean, well, look, he's already inserted one rookie into his starting lineup. I mean, I would say that's growth. Um, I don't know if Trace Jackson Davis is going to be starting on Friday against Washington, but I guarantee you he's going to play. And if TJD plays five really good games, if he then plays five more really good games then there's probably a conversation because Kevon Looney is not holding up his end of the bargain. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I wonder how quickly people wanted this to come along because last night to me was also a perfect example of it all working cohesively. You had three veterans, Steph, Clay, and Chris Paul, right. on the floor in crunch time that helped you win a game, a tight game against a really good team. They also were alongside Kaminga, who's 21 years old, and Trace Jackson Davis, who's a rookie. Like, to me, that's the best-case scenario of both being able to work together. So when last night on on postgame when I was hearing people say, how come this hasn't happened, how come this is that? Like, yes, you do have to, in, in a sense, trust it, but you also need some sort of evidence prior to go to it. And I think TJD did enough against Portland to prove that he could help this team. And then when he got into the game against Boston, he was feeling himself out. I think he plays with instincts. He obviously plays with athleticism. He knows where to be. He's a capable passer. He doesn't turn the ball over. Like, he's not a perfect player yet, but he's someone that at the five, they're really missing right now because Looney's been ineffective. I don't think Sharich is nearly in the same realm as a defender. And Draymond Green's obviously out. So now... TJD's going to get more extended run. Like, are, are, I just wonder if people are still going to be frustrated with these guys not not getting in for the first 20 games when they are getting in now the last five games and they're helping you win. Again, I just look at the big picture. And if you're, t- if you're telling me, all right, that uh, Trace Jackson Davis is played four years of college and 
He's the most athletic big. He's the most athletic big on, on our team. Is that correct? Would we all agree with that? And he's Dale Davis's son. Another son of a player. Not to mention a player who was smart and tough. If you're telling me all those things, you know what? He's probably going to play. He's probably going to play on this team. Because he fills, a, he fills a void. We really got a guy on an airplane? Yeah. Calling from an airplane. Brett is on an airplane. Where's he going? Let's find out. Brett, you're on an airplane. How you doing? Doing good, guys. How about you? Dynamite. Is this a commercial or charter or private? Economy? No, it's commercial, and I'm sitting in first class, so, you know, got some privacy. That's a double drop right there. (laughs) What's going on, man? Nothing, guys. I mean, first of all, I don't want to rain on the parade because I, too, was completely pumped by that game last night. I mean, what a game. But I I just want to clarify something for a lot of the fans that I talk to. I, I don't think we're pissed, you know, that Steve Kerr waited a third of the season to get the young guys in. At least I'll speak for myself. There are really two things that have driven me crazy. One, last season, can we all agree, was not exactly a a great year where we were setting the world on fire. Right. And we barely saw the young guys. But what did Steve Kerr continue to say? Well, you know, they're young. They need playing time to get better. Then this season, it was pretty obvious right out the gate, we're struggling. And yet Kerr is given Kaminga DNPs. I mean, it's like we didn't. It's almost as if we just assumed the party would last forever, or at least Kerr did. I mean, how bad would it have been to get Moody and uh, Kaminga, I don't know, five, ten minutes a game last year, or most games last year, is so that it, they could develop? Is so it, we, Brett, is it fair to ask, or is it fair to say that people like you wanted more integration, like at a more steady rate? Exactly. It, it, it's like it's like Kerr saying, well, I can't trust these guys. I don't know what they're going to do. It's like, Kerr, you're the coach. It's your job to integrate them, and when they make mistakes, to coach them. And I will point to one thing to make my point. Christian Braun in Denver. That kid is on a championship team, and somehow they've managed to find minutes for him all last year. And you know what? By the playoffs, he was ready to contribute. Appreciate the call. The problem is the Warriors have a couple guys, more than a couple, that they're integrating. Uh, I don't think the quibble is with the amount of time it took Kerr to play the youth more. I think it's the fact that fans wanted it early because we needed size and youth. Fans could see that and were calling for the youth to play. It looks like it took Dre's suspension. Okay. All right. To lean on the youth as the vets struggle. That's Tony C. in San Jose. Yeah, you know what? That seems to be the the fair and succinct point from the other side. The and, and this is where I'll meet people halfway. Like last year, I think was. I, I think at the beginning of last year, Kerr tried to integrate Kaminga and Wiseman. And then you started three and seven, and then you're chasing wins. And that's why he probably 
And I, I didn't like it, but he probably leaned into the Anthony Lambs and the Ty Jerome's because yes, they were. That's a big part of this. You're right. Like like those were the guys that were getting playing time over Kaminga and Moody. I don't think that. Like again, three and seven is three and seven. They in the first ten games weren't able to then impact winning. And however you want to slice it, I mean, Kaminga got 20 minutes a game last year. I know a lot of it was because of starting down the stretch of the season when Wiggins was out, and then he goes back to the bench. But last season was was messed up for a lot of different reasons. This year, I, I know that the, the caller said, well, you know, things were going this way. Like, you started out 6-2. and two. So if you didn't have the young guys playing at the beginning of the year, it didn't matter because you were still winning games. Then you go through a large stretch of losing, and you have to reevaluate, coinciding with Draymond getting suspended twice. So there are more minutes that you have to make up. GP2 goes down. You know, Steph misses a couple games. Paul misses a couple games. So this year, to me, has been a lot different than last year. But where I'll meet them halfway is there was a, a confusing tone set by Kerr last year as to what he prioritized. To me, the head coach's job is to win games. And Kerr was not winning games nor developing players. And that's a place I think a lot of people are frustrated with a head coach in being. But you also last year were a year removed from a championship in which you're probably going Thank to you. give a longer leash Thank you. to veteran players. Thank this you. year, that's not the case. And what are we seeing? We're seeing Kerr benching Wiggins. We're seeing Kerr go away from Clay in the fourth quarter of a game. We're seeing him give Jonathan Kaminga a chance to close multiple times. Like, I I don't know. I maybe it's taking longer than than people have wanted, but I do think we're seeing a transition that's right now resulting in wins. And that's that's really I think what people are focused on or should be focused on, which is winning games. Hey, with the holidays right around the corner, now's the best time to download the Odyssey app. You can listen to all four hours of Steiny and Guru plus outstanding segments like the Morning Roast with Brian Baldinger or Willard and Dibbs. In fact, they will have Steve Kerr on today at 5 o'clock. Steve Kerr, 5 o'clock, coach of the Golden State Warriors. And you can get it all on the Odyssey app.